1: What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Me your man, Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano and our man, Graham Barfield. Happy New Year, gentlemen. Happy Happy New New Year. How are you, man? It's good. It's good to see we're all back in one spot. We were all kind of scattered. Uh, I know, Graham, you were back home in Georgia. Fabs, you went to New York. Mm-hmm. I was uh, here darkening the streets of Los Angeles. But uh, it's good <laughs> that we're all back together again. Yeah, man. Now the season's all over. Um, just- well, for fantasy purposes,
3: at least, I think my Cowboys season might be over in a few days. We'll see. We'll see. We'll. Yeah. we'll, we'll see I'm going it. on that
1: negative Nancy uh, <laughs> binge again. Um one, one, one quick thing before we get to, to Eddie Murphy on the other side of the glass. Uh, there is a car chase that is happening right now on the streets of Los Angeles. and Drove right you, by my house. Uh, I, I believe I actually drove past it on my way in yeah. here. Did you really? Er, yeah. Earlier today, uh, I was driving up for anybody who cares. I was driving up Sepulveda Boulevard through Culver City, and a car comes by the other way with three, three Culver City police cars right on his tail, sirens blaring, everything, now we are sitting here in the studio, and we are watching this live on television. He is on the on the 405 freeway, which has no traffic on it, oddly enough, which is rare in Los Angeles. Uh, the police have tried the pit maneuver four different times, and this guy is still cruising. And he's
3: driving like a Honda Civic, an the, old yeah, Honda something the, or other. The
1: bumper, the rear bumper has been ripped off of it. The back left tire is... Uh sketchy design.
3: These are the things that we enjoy doing in Los Angeles so, folks who don't live you, here. Yeah,
1: for those of you who don't know, like this is a big deal in LA when when car chases happen, especially on TV, pretty much the city comes to a halt. The newsroom right now downstairs is not doing any work. They are all yeah. watching this.
3: They're screaming and yelling as if there's an actual football game with meaning going well, on right now.
1: and we've watched so many of these. We sort of break them down like like we would break down tape uh, of what guys do right <laughs> and wrong and that sort of thing. Um Well, okay, so on that note, on the other side of the glass, who I don't think is watching this right now, but we can keep him informed. Uh, it is our own senior Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. Murph, what's up? Yeah, guys, I, these TVs are
3: often here, so uh, you know, throughout the podcast, if you want to update me on what's going on, that'd be great.
2: Well,
1: right, the, the... there's
3: no, there's nobody on the 405 <laughs> right now. An, it is insane. like a dead zone there's right now on the 405.
1: Zero traffic. This never happens, and they, somehow this guy's they, taking advantage. They happen so frequently here, which is crazy because I couldn't think of a worse place to drive. Especially <laughs>
3: the 405. I mean, there's just tons of traffic. I just got back from New York. I can tell you. New man. York is is a close second. It is, it yeah, is man. it's brutal.
1: Yep. Uh, so yes, if you hear us interject or you know groan or what have you over the course or of this cheer. podcast, know that that's uh, that's kind of what's happening in front of us. So we will do our best to kind of keep our mind on fantasy things. But you know what? Some other things may creep in. Fantasy season's over; it just happens. So. Uh, Plenty to talk about. We will uh, do a little bit about what we learned. We'll talk about some of the coaching openings around the NFL and what this may mean. This will be something I think we update as coaches get hired and as more of these openings kind of, you know, take shape over the next few weeks. But uh, you know, interesting things to talk about and a little bit of playoff challenge, some daily fantasy stuff, if you like. They're all sort of intertwined. So we'll give you some of our value picks at the end of the show. But first, let's do some news. So the news. Oh, the one big maybe important fantasy relevant news headline comes out of Pittsburgh and since was around Antonio Brown, it feels like we've been talking about just random things in Pittsburgh all season long. We had Le'Veon Bell earlier in the year, now we've got Antonio Brown and it appears that they have reached maybe a breaking point there. Uh you know, it started with reports of uh, a a Disagreement, fight, argument, whatever you want to call it, at practice between Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger. Now there's stories of uh, AB supposedly maybe not going to get an MRI that he was supposed to and maybe leaving last week's game at halftime because he wasn't playing. Whatever the situation is, it has come to a head, it seems like, between the Steelers and Antonio Brown. Now there's talk that, you know, I don't know, do they trade him? What happens next? <sighs> I guess a simple question is, Fabs, do we expect Antonio Brown to still be in Pittsburgh this time next year?
3: Well, that's that would be tough, but you also have to consider that the Steelers just basically are letting Le'Veon Bell walk, right? He didn't play the entire season. There's been some discord there between the two sides, and now you're getting into uh, if, if Bell is superstar number one, well, AB is superstar number one A. It'd be hard for me to see a scenario where they don't get together and talk i mean this is the best wide receiver in the national football league arguably at this point and this guy's been the best wide receiver in the national football league for the better part of the last five seasons it would be really hard for me to see the steelers letting this guy go there's got to be some sort of communication some sort of dialogue between the two sides and i believe at some point things will end up being smoothed over but this is the NFL, you never know, and if you listen to anybody on Twitter, which typically you shouldn't do, <laughs> Antonio Brown's going to the Jets, he's going here, he's going there, I think we just have to sit back and wait and see.
2: The the biggest thing that I have not seen enough of, at least on Twitter, I know we should be listening to people on Twitter, right? But, <laughs> uh, just, just not me. No, seriously, um, the biggest thing I've not seen is his contract makes him untradeable. Right. I mean... Mm-hmm. He has $21 million in dead money in his contract next yep. year. Essentially, the Steelers would have to eat $20 million, which is just over 10% of the cap space next year. He's, he's not going anywhere. No. They, they have got to be sit. Surprised. Ben and AB will sit down. They'll have... I, I, what do you think Ben and A.B. eat? What do you think they snack on? Like, do you think they sit, like, <laughs> like if they sit down in a meeting together? Like, what are they going to be eating? They'll sit down, they'll have a meeting, they'll, they'll figure it out.
3: I don't know. I'm guessing it's not Pop Tarts or anything like that. It's probably something you know very healthy. maybe has got a chef. Yeah. Doesn't Roethlisberger have like 20 burgers named after him too? Maybe <laughs> they have. Sit down. They have a Roethlisberger and uh, and they hash things out. But I will say this: you know, the Steelers have had some drama over the years, and it, a lot of it stems from it seems like Roethlisberger.
1: I mean, he sort of is the common denominator mm-hmm. in a lot of these you things. We got Todd Haley kicked out last year. Yeah, I mean, it is. He's sort then, of the you common denominator. And then, you know, he had a few things
3: to say offhand about Lev Bell as well. So it's just,
1: it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out over the next few months. Okay, so let's just, for the sake of argument, right? Let's say that, that Antonio Brown leaves, that he goes somewhere, they trade him, what have you. Um, you know, I know that social media sort of started buzzing because he, what, he followed, I think, the 49ers on, on like, Twitter or Instagram or something like that. And then he did like that thing
3: in. with, like, the, he's had a statement. It was on TMZ, like, with
1: Harrison. Yeah, he did a James Harrison And then he was interview. on, he
3: was on a show. The Masked Singer. Whatever. I mean. Which, I,
1: that was taped, I think, way in advance. Yeah. I see so, all kinds so, of commercials for it. I mean, it's not something so that I would the, watch. But it, it coming out yesterday was just sort of coincidence. I'm pretty sure they taped that well in advance of all this stuff. But, I mean, was By that. Some
3: sort of publicity stunt.
2: I don't
1: know. Fantastic social
2: media work. Whoever ran, who's running that (laughs) account, to tweet that right as AB is like in this headstorm
1: with the Steelers. Fantastic social media work to get get your show promoted. Good on you, Fox. Good on you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, is there a place that you could see him going? Either of you could see him going where. I look, I mean, look—he's going to be one of the top two receivers off the board next year. He's probably going to be a first-round pick. I just can't imagine there's anywhere that he goes that somehow boosts his value even more than it is. Can't now, get feel, any I better. Like, I feel like if anything, it goes down more than it would go up at this point.
3: Yeah, where's he going to go? The, the where it's going to be better in, in an offense that has has made him their their number one target in the passing game for you know what seems like the last five six years. Where's he going to go? Where he's going to get better? You know, yeah. the Rams. I mean, okay, no, I, I don't, I don't I know. Mean, I mean, the Chiefs, May, okay, maybe, but you got Tyreek Hill. I don't know. I,
1: I mean, Jarvis Landry is here trying to set up three-way phone calls, apparently uh, on Twitter. To, 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 I guess trying to get Lev and AB to Cleveland, presumably. Uh, I guess that's what that is. Um, I don't what know. A wild time though, <laughs> in the North. What a wild freaking time! The mm-hmm. Browns are fun. The
2: Steelers failed miserably and collapsed at the end of the year, for right. a Number of reasons. The Ravens are. The good. I don't want to play the Ravens. Not right now. I don't want to play the Ravens. And then there's the Bengals. Then there's the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who just fired Martin Lewis after?
3: You know what's good? And that, might hire Hugh Jackson. What's that's that dude is you know he's got nine oh. lives. Hey. I mean he's never been a great head coach. He's been a pretty decent OC. But imagine if he gets that job. I mean it, it's
1: that that would just boggle the mind. That would be wild. It'd be it'd be comedy for me. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, so there we go. So I'm sure we'll have more about Antonio Brown as this thing goes along. I mean, this very well could span through the entire offseason. Who knows? But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep you updated on it as we know more. By the way, the 405 is still wide open. This yeah, just, I know. What is going, going on, man? Going he's yeah. not even going that fast. I think he's no. going like 50 miles an hour right he's not, now. He's got like an
3: early 90s Honda. He's where, not going anywhere.
1: Where
2: was this traffic? And when I took my five trips to Ikea in Carson, California, right. yeah, no. I was going south towards Long Beach no way.
3: I mean, do you think the police have some of the on ramps cordoned off? Maybe so? they, they, they must have some, some of the could be. Blocks. There's no way. There's not. There's no there's way. No the way. There, there's got to be something that is keeping traffic from getting onto <laughs> the 405 going south. Has <laughs> right, to be.
1: There you go. That's uh, pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. Oh, this is our first show of the new year. It is our first show since the fantasy season uh, officially wrapped up. Well, since we uh, got past week 17. So just want to do a quick thing about what it is that we learned from 2018 and maybe things uh, that we will use to uh, you know go forward in the next year. So, Fabs, uh, you start us off. What was the thing you learned in 2018?
3: Well, I already knew that fantasy football can be widely unpredictable. I also learned that this man here, Graham Barfield, knows his stuff, and uh, I would say the s word because I want to emphasize it even more. But he's damn good. So make sure you follow him. him. And I-, I loved having him on the on the team this year. Uh, I also learned that. We, as a fantasy community, and Marcus, you and I have talked about this, there needs to be some adjustments made in fantasy football because, um, number one, the, the quarterback position has become so just, it, it has very little value anymore. Mm-hmm. When you're in week 14, 15, 16 in your fantasy championship and you're considering benching Aaron Rodgers or sitting Tom Brady, I mean, there's so many good quarterbacks out there now. I can't wait. To my first 2019 draft, and it'll be a mock at some point in the spring, maybe after the draft. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But I can't wait to see when some of these quarterbacks are going to go, because they're not going. Like Mahomes is going to be the only guy who goes probably in the top 50, a quarterback. Everyone else is going to fall in line after that. But fantasy needs some adjustments in terms of the the rules the scoring system the settings how you make the playoffs um my friend Derek Pearson is one of the best high stakes players in the world and we're going to be sort of trying to come up with something ourselves that is going to be a you can't eliminate luck completely but you can reward the skilled and I know Graham you also tweeted out about that a few weeks back like You know, maybe the solution is going to be people are playing in more all play leagues, which is basically you play everyone every single week. Uh, That'll eliminate some of the luck a little bit. Maybe you base your top four playoff seeds on the highest scoring teams based on points. And the bottom two seeds have the best records of the four teams that aren't uh, in the playoffs already. It's, it's not something that a lot of the sort of just, you know, hey, I, I just like playing fantasy football as a hobby and I like the head to head aspect and I, I don't mind the luck aspect. And hey, that's fine. But when you're in the business like we are and I've been doing this for a long time, we've all been doing this for a while. I would like to see people rewarded for being good fantasy players rather than seeing people rewarded for being lucky. And that happens every single season. So. I think there are some adjustments that need to be made. It's not for everybody. It's probably for the people like us who are fantasy heads and we live and breathe this stuff. But there are some adjustments, I believe, that need to be made in scoring, in rules, in who makes the playoffs. And, um, heck, man, as an industry, we we can't get lazy about it because it's been going on too long.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I I totally think we do need some rules adjustments. And that's the thing I do want to tackle this offseason, and and we've kind of touched on it here on the pod before. I I I do think, though, that because what we do within the industry and working in this sort of trickles down to the folks. Like, I think, I think we need to come up basically with a new standard. We need a new set of standard rules and whatever you want to do in your, your specific leagues. If you want to tweak that by all means, but I think because the way, you know, we sort of look at the game and, and analyze the game and play the game eventually trickles down to those folks who just play casually. Like we need a new standard that kind of works for everybody that, that still incorporates a little bit of luck so that you can get, you know, somebody's parents who's never played before to come and play and still enjoy it. Yep. But still at the same time reward the folks who actually put in the work. So, I mean, but I do think that, that this is, we, we have reached a breaking point now where we got to figure out how to, yeah. how to tweak this. There's
3: going to be leagues in 2019 that I play and that are all play and there's just not a lot of products out there that support it. That's the problem. Yeah. And I would, Believe me, folks. Oh,
1: so maybe get our dev all folks of us are to screaming
3: to our dev folks who are doing a great job to improve the customization options on NFL.com, and it will happen at some point in the near future. But that, and then you know, the I remember you had tweeted out something about how like you know points matter. So maybe yeah. there's leagues out there where the points should matter because at the end of the day, I mean, that's sort of that's sort of what fantasy football's focus is is scoring points.
2: I, th- I think my biggest thing with with fantasy in the way. That I view it is I just want to reward those that are actually going in and managing the roster on a weekly basis sure. to make sure that they mm-hmm. have an up-to-date roster. They're scouring the waiver wire. They're not just relying on their draft. And, yeah. and and really what it comes down to is I just want more flex spots. I mean if it's No, that I like that. If it comes down to you start two quarterbacks, you have a super mm-hmm. flex spot, you have instead of a defensive uh, a DST, you start an extra flex. Yep. Uh, any running back, receiver, tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, if any, I, I guess that's the biggest thing. Is for me, is I just want more decisions, and more decisions makes. Yep. Or it shows that the sharper managers, that the yeah. sharper managers, when you when we have to make more decisions as fantasy players, it tends to favor the sharper fantasy yeah, managers. Uh, absolutely.
3: And and you know, I'm not coming out here whining about you know there's too much luck involved. It's a, it's just a fact. I'll give you an example. Um, I'm in a league where. I outscored the top three seeds, the top three seeds. And I went four and eight because I had the most points scored against me. So I went in and I put my points scored week after week against those three teams. And if they played my schedule, none of them would have made the playoffs. If I played any one of their three schedules, I'm the one or two seed. So, I mean, that, that's all. And, you know, they, they get on me because I didn't make the playoffs because of what I do and who I am. So I have to deal with that as well. But I try to remind them that I still had a better team than most of the teams that made the playoffs. But again, all I want is a fair shake. It's not for everybody. The casual fan probably should stick with the head to head because that's what they want to do. They want to have fun. They want to say, I beat Graham, I beat Marcus, whatever the case may be. But when you're really deep into it, um, I, th- I think you have to reward skill more than Uh, It is being rewarded in in, in the leagues that are out and available right now. And part of the change is is in this room and and outside in the industry. And people have to start making their products a little bit more versatile, including ours. And hopefully that's going to be what happens very soon.
1: All right. Uh, Graham, your thing you learned in 2018. You know, this is always an interesting
2: subject and it's kind of gone on in the last couple of years. But zero running back is kind of dead, right? I mean, I, I will be the first to admit that I was a zero RP champion four or five years ago. Uh, passing, <laughs> I, passing. I
3: hated it. Wait, it's Sean Siegel, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Passing, passing. I hated it. I mean, look, passing has, um, in terms of pass rate, pass rate has gone up every single year in the NFL, except for last year. We had kind of a down year randomly um, in terms of passing, but it shot back up again this year. We had season highs across the board and pass rate, touchdowns, yards, all of that. Um, and still, running backs were the champions. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna go into a year this year in 2019 where there are likely going to be ten running backs off the board within the first fifteen picks. Eight, eight out of ten for and sure. Receiver is going to be insanely deep again. Tight ends going to stink
3: uh-huh.
2: um, once again.
3: <laughs> no one's drafting quarterbacks. And I know. Early. I know.
2: I know. Marcus has a point on tight ends here in a moment. Nobody's uh-huh. drafting quarterbacks early except for Mahomes. You still have to have. These workhorse running backs and I know at the end of the year we kind of had some randomness where Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon both went down with injuries mm-hmm. kind of smaller injuries and it's still shoehorn seasons. Um, I know Nick Chubb was a waiver wire darling. Yeah, I know Philip Lindsay was a waiver wire darling mm-hmm. early in the year, but still these guys that are touching the ball 20 25 times a game. They're just irreplaceable.
3: Dude volume is king.
2: They're irreplaceable. I said
3: it about this. a gazillion times down the stretch on the show. Volume is king, and when you have a player, and, and I mean, it doesn't even it doesn't even boil down to just these these big name backs. Look at the superstar guys who went down late, and the replacements who came in and played well and led people to championships. C.J. Anderson, Damian Williams, Jamal Williams. Th- there are several.
1: This although I, season. although I think that makes that makes sort of an argument for maybe not zero RB being dead, but that it. It's tweaked a little bit because I think there's still something to be said for having that guy you get in the first round, you know, like there's no way you look having, you know, having lost Todd Gurley in week 16. I can tell you there's not really, you know, it's hard to find that replacement, but I think there's still something to be said for realizing you get to the fifth round. Some of these guys start to become interchangeable. Absolutely. But
2: if anything, I think the straight up zero RB notion that you go into the first four rounds of your draft with no running. Back, yeah, I don't think that's do dead. That. I don't think you can do I, I don't think it's it's possible to build a team like that anymore.
3: You also have to. And uh, the, the thing I had against zero RB and I mean, Sean is a brilliant guy. Um, so to each his own. But I just uh, you know what you have to you have to have some level of luck on the waiver wire too. Because a big part of the zero RB strategy is what you're trying get to pick Nick
2: up. Chubb, you get Phillip Lindsay, right?
3: You. I mean, so you you have to get uh, at least a little bit lucky uh, in order to have that have that strategy be successful. And you also have to hope that your wide receivers produce up to par and they don't get hurt. Typically, the wide receivers are going to be a little more durable than the running backs. The uh, big, the biggest, although that didn't that wasn't the case a few seasons ago.
2: The, the biggest argument for for zero running back, which is a valid one, is that receivers get injured less often. That's mm-hmm. true. Receivers on, on average, their injury rate is like 25 to yeah. 30% lower yep. than running backs. But I mean, running backs are the horses yeah. of fantasy
3: football. Yep. And and think about it too. You mentioned Especially wide so receiver being deep, right? I mean, like anybody who got like yeah. Robert Woods, you know, this guy was, wasn't coming off the board in the first four or five rounds. I mean, he was, he was a great value pick. There was several of those wide receivers this season. So it's, it, I I have always been a running backs truther. Marcus knows it. He's been working with me for a long time. I've always been a guy who loves the featured back. I mean, I'm going back to the days of, you know, Sean Alexander and Marshall Thawk, Danian Thomas and Edger and James, Clinton Portis, back to Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders, uh, Priest Holmes. I've just always been a guy who has loved running backs, and I've never sort of left that, uh, even when the zero RB sort of phenomenon was going on. But I think we're back to it, and it's been sort of like, a, a quiet storm, right? Because we've had so many good young running backs come into the league at the same time. Well, I think
1: that, and I think that has to do, I think, I think that right there is yep. the key for why it goes away because there was a exactly. couple of years in there where we didn't have this level yes. of running back. Well, in
2: 2015, 11 of the top 12 scores in fantasy football were receivers. The only one that managed to, finish in the top 12 was Devonta Freeman it was just a weird year where everybody right. got hurt Jamal Charles got hurt yep. Arian Foster was still at the Texans that year he mm-hmm. was fantastic he got hurt yeah I mean we had so many studs that year get hurt mm-hmm. early and that's what kind of pushed the zero RB notion right. to yeah. the forefront yep. and even this year late in the year Gurley gets hurt Gordon gets hurt Connor gets hurt and I mean it still doesn't matter those yeah. teams were getting carried into the playoffs getting mm-hmm. carried into uh, whatever league you're playing in um yeah those, Those guys were carrying.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And you look at the top of the list. I mean, Saquon rookie, you know, McCaffrey, a couple of years in league. Gurley, still young. Kamara, still young. Zeke, Connor, uh, Melvin Gordon, Joe Mixon, Tariq Cohen. I mean, we're not even mentioning Le'Veon Bell, who will believe I believe will be 27, uh, 26 or 27. When we start uh, the 2019 campaign. A lot of Aaron Jones is an exciting young player. So is so it's Lindsay uh, Chris Carson, although you don't know what's going to happen in Seattle with the glut of running backs they have there, too. But he had a very good season and he's a young guy as well. So there's a lot to like at the running back position right now, guys. A lot to like. No doubt about it. Youth, talent, um, potential. And then whatever we get coming into the 2019 class just adds to it.
1: All right. So I will say this. So my thing I learned is it's going to be worth it next year to reach for a tight end. It really is. You know, in, in the past you didn't necessarily have to, I mean, maybe you wanted to reach for a Gronk other than that, you could kind of sit back and wait and get guys. But what we learned this year is that there were, you know, three or four guys that you could count on consistently. You had, you know, you had Travis Kelsey, you had George Kittle, you had Zach Ertz. Those are your guys that you knew week in and week out. were going to give you a good number after that. The fall off was ridiculous. I think we only had five tight ends top hundred points, which was the the smallest number since I think going back to twenty either twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen, I believe it was um, twenty fourteen. Was the last time we had just five tight ends reach hundred you know, fantasy points. think McDonald
3: was a top ten
1: tight end. Barely. Right. I mean, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like you look at the list of guys who were top ten Crazy, tight ends. And it's like it's you know guys you couldn't. You, Kyle Rudolph finishes as a top ten tight end, and and he did nothing for most of the season. Yep has one big blow-up game kind of near the end and that's good enough so i, I think this is going to be a year where i mean unless you really enjoy the headache of trying to to dive through the waiver wire on a weekly basis and find a streamer it is going to be worth your while to reach maybe in the third round or something like that and try to find yourself a tight end to, to at least know that you've got that that spot solidified going into the season
2: i, I take this as you're just still tilted about ian thomas
1: Uh (laughs) you know i i could so like i got one week where i figured out ian thomas right and then so like then i i i play him he does nothing then week 17 i'm like i don't know i'd stay away from him he catches a touchdown yeah i'm all i'm all sideways about ian thomas but i do think looking back at it like i just think you're gonna see you know i think you're gonna consistently see Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle kind of coming off the board in the third round. I wouldn't be surprised in, in, in some aggressive league, somebody aggressively reaches in the second round for one of these guys just because you know that you will have that position locked up on a week-to-week basis. I, just,
2: I, just I think that, that's up. the fun argument is like, where does where does Kittle, Ertz, and Kelsey go? I think Kelsey is, I think you can make an argument that Kelsey's worth second a... Early second round pick. I think you can. I, I early I, like 13, 14. Ertz too.
1: I would listen to that argument. Yeah, yep. I mean, Erch is consistent
2: true. every single year. But the big thing yep. with Kelsey is he has such a high, high oh, yeah, touchdown dude. ceiling. Yeah. His, I, his know, touchdown ceiling is the absurd.
3: most interesting of the of the top guys at that position next season is going to be where does Eric Ebron get drafted? Yeah, because this guy had a boatload of touchdowns and Jack Doyle's coming back. So. but it's like, yeah, who? I mean,
1: yeah. The question is, how much do people really believe in Eric Ebron? Right, and and but also, how bad is the rest of tight end?
2: I mean, like Ebron. Uh-huh. Even even if he's splitting yeah. with Jack Doyle, he'll still be a top like, six, top seven.
1: Ebron and Jared Cook. Jared Cook might be the biggest litmus test next year. Oh, uh, I know, right? Out of anybody in the tight <laughs> because like, no, I mean, like, it was like everybody grudgingly started Jared Cook because it's like, oh yeah, he's you know he's doing better than everybody else. But you know, it was it was a roller coaster with him. Yep. So speaking of roller coasters, how about carousels? Uh, the coaching carousel is open and spinning. So. If you don't know, the current openings right now: Cincinnati, Denver, Cleveland, Tampa, Arizona, Miami, the Jets, and the Green Bay Packers all have coaching vacancies right now. Interviews are certainly underway in a lot of places. Uh, which, by the way, is what is this new thing with teams like tweeting out and announcing we have completed the interview process with so and so? It's like who who cares? Like, like your contract has been terminated. <laughs> right. It is. It's just like what. So yeah. So we're done talking. All right. All right. That's cool. You don't have to tell us. It's fine. Um. Some of the hot names out there, guys who are getting a lot of run right now, Adam Gase, who formerly of the Miami Dolphins, Mike McCarthy, formerly of the Packers, Cliff Kingsbury, formerly of Texas Tech, and now the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at my alma mater, USC, although I would be shocked if they opened the season with Cliff Kingsbury as their <laughs> offensive coordinator right now, uh, Cowboys defensive backs coach Chris, Chris Richard and uh, Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Now, there are many... Many more names out there, many guys who are getting looks and being talked about or talked to. These are some of the names that just keep popping up over and over again. Any one of those guys jump out to you as, like, perfect fits somewhere that could go somewhere and really, you know, maybe kick a team up a notch offensively and make them super fantasy relevant? I
3: I just think, you know, Arians is out there as well, Mm. and I just think— Every, everyone's going to be thinking Cleveland, man. Like, we, can we get Arians back to Arizona? Everyone's thinking Cleveland. Can we get him back to Arizona to but, resurrect but, but David Johnson? But Freddie Kitchens apparently is, uh, is he not being allowed to take any offensive coordinator interviews or head coaching interviews or whatever the case may be. Here, I saw something about that earlier today. So I don't know if does that mean that the Browns want to keep him there? Do they keep, uh, do they keep Greg Williams as their head coach and move forward? We'll see.
2: Here's the goal. Bruce Arians comes back. He coaches Baker with Cleveland. He keeps he keeps Freddie Kitchens as offensive coordinator. Right. Arians hired Freddie Kitchens yep. in yep.
1: Arizona in 2013. Mm-hmm. That's yep. that's the goal. Yep. And then what in a couple of years when Arians decides to retire Kitchens just he just elevates him Hey, bud. Hey, he just moves <laughs> on up.
3: I think Mc- up McCarthy you're going to hear Jets for sure. You know, cuz he's a big name, Big Apple. So I uh, I would expect that he's going to be in the mix th- there in New York.
2: I have a really, outside of, obviously, Green Bay and Cleveland, I kind of think the Jets are the most attractive job here. Well,
3: they, have a, young, they have a heck of a good young you quarterback. they quarterback. got a lot of money.
2: So mm-hmm. much cap space. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got, I mean, seriously, a blank slate. You've got Sam Darnold in a blank slate. Yep. Essentially. I mean, yep. you've got Robbie Andrews. They're going to be on the Le'Veon Bell
3: sweepstakes.
2: Absolutely. You I would think, think. I think that they've got to be the odds-on favorite to get Le'Veon Bell.
3: I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I don't know how much I love that, but, I mean, it's... It's very—I don't know if it's likely, but it's very possible that he ends up with the men in green.
1: Yeah, I'm. So I'm just looking at this. I mean, Cleveland obviously is very attractive because you've got Baker, you've got Nick Chubb, you've got a good defense there. That's a that's a certainly attractive situation. Uh, you know, I mean, Denver has issues. Cincinnati—I don't know. I feel like they're just—they just sort of are who they are. Denver's skill positions outside of outside of Lindsey really scares me. Well yeah, I mean you, I mean, Sandra, you, even, you quarterback, a quarterback Your I wide mean. receivers have I mean, you're you're either you got very young or you got aging. Yeah, Manny I mean Manny's coming off an Achilles tear.
2: Mm-hmm. Um yep. the Broncos have punted at tight end pretty much since Julius Thomas <laughs> had his little, yeah, the, his little time in what the sun. Twenty
3: four touchdowns in two years. Yeah, he had his yeah, his time in the sun he, he had died. paid Manning.
2: Um yeah, I mean Broncos right now I mean that the defense is obviously still very very good and and Bradley Chubb was what we expected but I mean the Broncos skill positions are really
3: really scary how do we feel about
1: how do we feel about like Tampa
3: they've got talent I mean Deshaun's not going to be with that team no so I mean they they do have a little bit of talent on that roster They're Jameis you mean well no Deshaun Jackson. Oh, Deshaun Jackson. Jameis will be know. back. I mean, ja- yeah, James, I know they've
2: said Jameis will be back. Jason Lick said J- Jameis is going to be back. So,
3: I mean. Um, I mean, you still have Evans there. I mean, you've got OJ Howard's. He's a, he's a good young tight end. Maybe he's a guy that emerges at the position uh, next season. I would ex- actually expect him to do that. So there there's some talent there, but their defense is. Their defense
2: is is, is trash. Their defense is trash. Well, it's It's because Mike Smith, their former defensive coordinator, basically decided we want to stop the run instead of stopping the pass. (laughs) Hmm. Well, how'd that
1: that go for the first eight weeks of the season? I mean,
3: there's still question marks about their running game. Is Ronald Jones going to emerge into anything? We'll see
1: what happens with Ronald Jones. We'll see. Uh, I mean, yeah. They, he they should be given be, an opportunity. They could still be looking at run, at running back. They could look at Lev Bell, too. There's a lot of teams that could look at Lev yeah. Um Do we make too much of head coaches for fantasy purposes? I mean, yeah. I know we sit here and talk about it. Sometimes
3: we do, but I know that there are situations where these guys, head coaches, OCs, make massive fantasy impacts. I mean, like Andy Reid comes right I
1: mean, to mind. And we can, you know? we can take look
2: a negative, at, too, and Mike McCoy. Oh, sure. The Cardinals yeah, killed right? us. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. I mean, the Cardinals were bad all year. Let's face it. Byron left, which was put in terrible position. But I mean, yep. That that offense was.
3: No, they, they certainly make an impact. No doubt about that. Yeah. Um, and and you know, look at look at what Baker became once Kitchens took exactly.
2: over. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so there's so many little there's so yeah. Many
3: and I and I limits. think to your point that if Arians comes into Cleveland, he's just gonna he's just gonna elevate Baker. Like Baker could be a top ten quarterback next season. He, he really could be because yeah. you're th- look at you smiling because <laughs> because Brady's I love Baker so much Brady's, you know, he, he's starting to go down. You're starting to see some of the older guys. I mean, even Breeze. I know he had a good season overall, but he killed you at the end of the season. And I don't know if you could trust him outdoors on the road. So. They're, the position is odd, man. You know, there, there's some weird stuff going on at the quarterback position right now. The superstars are no longer the superstars and you're seeing some good young players. Lamar Jackson is a guy who people could peg as a top 10 guy. Uh, Jared Goff's a good young quarterback. Obviously, we've seen him put up some numbers. Trubisky showed some flashes of potential as well. It's so deep. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, uh, that, that, it's going to be again. This is the thing we're going to talk about quite a bit yep. uh, as we get along through the season. All right, before we wrap up, the you know the playoffs are starting in the NFL, but we can still play the playoff challenge, which I know a lot of folks play some daily fantasy. So in case you're not familiar with the playoff challenge, you pick a lineup. Uh, you obviously you score points based on their performance. You can get multipliers for guys that you have on your roster for multiple weeks. So if you get a guy who you know say you started with a wild card team and they they score however many points, if they win, you get double points the next week, triple points, quadruple points if they go all the way through the Super Bowl. But I'm looking at this as guys who are potentially some some value picks either in the playoff challenge or maybe in daily fantasy. Uh, Fabs, who you got as a daily pick? I've got Trubisky because I love the matchup against
3: the Eagles. You know, their defense hasn't been all that good all season long, especially against the passing. Uh, when you're talking playoff challenge, like you want to get players who could potentially advance a couple of rounds. Right. I mean, typically you're not going to see a wild card team go to the Super Bowl that hasn't happened in a while. Uh, and if, if you look at the numbers, I actually just wrote a column on NFL.com. You can go and check that out. I tweeted it out. There's a lot of good information on there. But Trubisky's got that defense behind him, man. And so, like, he could advance. Like, I don't think they're going to have any problems with the Eagles. You go into round two. I think the Bears are a scary team because that defense is just such a game changer, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh,
1: what who you got? I'm going to go with Lamar
2: Miller. Uh, Deontay Foreman didn't play last week. Lamar Miller came back from an ankle injury uh, in week 16, came back, played week 17, actually set a season high in snaps at 81% handled 19 touches Unfortunately, it was Lamar Miller fashion he had 19 (laughs) touches and 56 yards from scrimmage he did get the score but again if like Fabs just said like Marcus alluded to you have a chance here to get a home favorite running back against the Colts and they can I mean if obviously if the Texans win they'll move forward and and you get that extra game and I kind of think everyone even though Lamar Miller is not Ever sexy. Everyone always <laughs> forgets about him, and he's a stat compiler.
3: So. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going go. Miller's kind of like this car chase right now. Which, by the way, is
2: still,
1: four or five. <laughs> still going on. wide open. Still, still wide open. This guy's still cruising. He's still alive. There man. are no cops within, yeah. in the shot right now. He's doing now. all right. Uh, I'm going to go Jordan Howard here. I think, one, because you know I, they started to use him more down the stretch. They started to get him more involved, especially near the goal line. He was scoring some touchdowns, which is a big plus. Uh, I think, especially if you're talking daily, he, he's not going to come with the same value level as, say, a Tariq Cohen but you know like uh, fabs and graham mentioned a chance to win that first game to keep going with a very good team especially a very good defense i can keep them in it play defense run the football that's how some of these coaches want to go jordan howard who was a disappointment all during the year could end up uh, maybe surprising down the stretch here so uh that's it This guy's still cruising on the 405, but we're going to cruise out of here. We appreciate you listening, appreciate you downloading it, uh, and we will be back again next week. Remember, tell two friends to tell two friends, rate, review, and remember, some people would kill for a Nobel Peace Prize. We'll see you on Monday.
0: green Irish shop now at a store near you.
1: They say every dog has its day but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry every day is your day the roomy rear seat is the perfect whoa is that the dog park backseat besties it's a Camry vibe the all new all hybrid Camry
2: Toyota let's go places
1: your credit card should match your lifestyle at Kemba Financial Credit Union choose a card with benefits that work for you for a limited time all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year Apply at Comba.org.
2: Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.